Welcome in, everybody. 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz for Monday, November the 21st, 2016. Welcome into the parking lot of the UC Health Training Center. As always, I'm Jake Marsing, 5280SN's Denver Broncos beat reporter, podcast host, and uh, based on a phone call I got this afternoon, soon-to-be Secretary of Agriculture. Really, uh, really looking forward to that. No Ryan Green today on the podcast, but that is A-OK. You and I can ride it out through the rest of uh, this little show here that you and I are going to do. Lots and lots of Denver Broncos-related news to get to, and we'll keep you updated on it as uh, we do every day. That's what the point of the show is. Let's dive deep because, folks, the Denver Broncos, after a week away on a much-needed bye week, finally get the chance to rest up and come back to work. And let me just tell you, based on when I was last here a week ago and where things are today, based on the mood in practice, the mood in the locker room, the mood of the head coach, everything is better, markedly better. This team is energized, refocused, rejuvenated, rested and raring to go for the home stretch that's going to be really critical for them. The Broncos have six games left to play, and they have a heck of a lot of challenges ahead of them as they try and claim this division once again. It will not be easy, but if the team that I saw today winds up being the team that shows up on Sundays, the Broncos are going to be very well off indeed because this Broncos team, guys, really seemed focused, ready, talked to some players uh, in the locker room today who all told me, we are, we're back, we're fired up, and we're ready to go. And it was even noticeable uh, during uh, Gary Kubiak, head coach Gary Kubiak's press conference, that the mood in the building is just significantly improved and that the week of rest after playing 10 straight football games, getting off to a 7-3 and three start, the week of rest was much needed, much deserved, and head coach Gary Kubiak commented on it at the podium during his press conference today. Oh, you can you can see that they're really fresh mentally more than anything. You know, just getting away from football for a little bit. So, a lot of enthusiasm out here today. Guys bouncing around, and, uh, and we'll get back in our routine on Wednesday. So, but very fresh, you could tell. Kubiak mentioned it over and over again. Just how refreshed the team seemed. He used the term there, mentally refreshed, but some guys looked physically refreshed as well. Demarius Thomas, for me most notably, in practice this season, DT has looked uh, at times somewhere between sluggish, slow, old, He's dealing with some hip injuries and has been all season, and his hips just have not allowed him to practice fully. But let me tell you, right here, right now, guys, during the media viewing period today, I saw Demarius Thomas cut at game speed. Cut hard, cut fast, looked swift, looked good. That guy looks like he is ready to prove, as I've said throughout this season, that he really is a legitimate number one receiver, that he is the best guy on this roster in terms of of players at the wide receiver position. He looked absolutely tremendous, and he wasn't the only guy that looked better. The Broncos are finally, finally, finally mostly 
healthy. Last time that we talked uh, from the parking lot of the UC Health Training Center, the Broncos had 15 players on their injury report. 15 different guys. Today, no official injury report released. We won't get one of those until Wednesday. But unofficially, really only one guy sat out, and that was center Matt Paradis, who has had, uh, who will continue to get rest days throughout the rest of the season. He and uh, tackle Russell Okung will swap rest days throughout the year, kind of kind of vet days for those guys. Paradis sat out today. Emmanuel Sanders also not here today, but it wasn't injury-related. He's about to have a baby, uh, so he, he was not here today. But those two guys were really the only ones, with the obvious exceptions of the players on injured reserve like C.J. Anderson. We'll get to C.J. in a second. But with the obvious exceptions of those guys... The Broncos were as healthy as they've been in a very long time. Kubiak talked about that at the podium today as well. You know, anytime you play 10 weeks in a row in this business, you're going to be beat up. You're going to have things going on with your team. It's kind of a chance to regroup your football team. You know, we're at, we're at full strength at practice today for the first time probably probably in 10 weeks. You know, so other than Matt not being out here. So, uh, you know, that's a good thing, and you can just tell. I mean, we were competitive. You know, we weren't trying to rest 10 guys and get through a Wednesday or a Thursday practice. We were back at a you know, competitive situation. So hopefully we can stay healthy and stay that way the last six weeks. One guy that I can't neglect to mention is fullback Andy Janovich. Andy has been really limited in the last few weeks with a uh, broken hand, a cast that's really made it hard for him to really be any threat in, in the pass game or in the run game as a ball carrier because he just hasn't been able to carry the football with, with one hand and a big club on his other hand. The club is off, so I'm in the locker room. He's in good spirits. He looks like he's ready to contribute to this offense in real meaningful ways once again, kind of get back to the pattern that we saw early in the year where he was carrying the football, catching passes out of the backfield, and scoring touchdowns maybe. So fantasy players, keep an eye out for that. But yeah, I, I cannot stress enough just how re-energized this Denver Broncos team looked as they get ready for this home stretch. The Kansas City Chiefs coming to town Sunday night football this week. Ryan and I will have plenty of time to break that game down. Starting on Wednesday, tomorrow we'll have a, a very special uh, Get to Know a Bronco episode up for you. I'll tell you about that here in a second. But yeah, the, the Broncos really do seem refreshed, re-energized, refocused after the bye week, which is great to see, but that doesn't mean that they aren't without questions. There are some serious questions that this team has to answer, uh, and the, those were the discussions in the media room today. Namely, there were three of them. The first is the C.J. Anderson question. We'll talk about that right now. C.J. over the weekend uh, leaked to some people, told some folks, or his camp told some folks, that he feels like he's ahead of schedule in his recovery from a torn meniscus and could be ready to contribute to this Broncos team by the end of the season or or at the latest in the playoffs. Now, the Broncos can return one guy from injured reserve, and, and by all accounts, the plan right now is to make CJ that guy if he truly is ready to go. The question is, are they going to have room for him? Uh, and that leads into the second point which was earlier this afternoon, the Minnesota Vikings released Ronnie Hillman, former Denver Broncos running back, and it was a hot topic of conversation in the Broncos press room today whether or not John Elway and the front office staff, Tom Heckert, uh, Matt Matt Sullivan, that whole group, should go after Ronnie Hillman as a free agent. Um, a lot of people are going to come down a lot of different ways on this. 
my answer is a pretty firm no. Ronnie was never the player that they wanted him to be here. And people will say, you know, adding him would diversify their backfield and do all sorts of different things that would help this team. And I don't I don't necessarily disagree with those on the field. The issue for me, and nobody will really talk about this, but I'm happy to, Ronnie was, uh, during training camp this season, before they cut him in favor of uh, Capri Bibbs, Ronnie really had become an attitude issue. Uh, he'd, he'd become a pretty big problem uh, for a lot in a lot of ways. He'd he'd very begrudgingly begun to take some special teams reps in hopes of keeping his job, but it, it always kind of felt like Ronnie felt as if he was above that. That that you know for some reason his station uh, made him worth more. When in fact he went to free agency this offseason, nobody was interested in him. He had to essentially come crawling back to John Elway and the Broncos front office to offer him a deal, and even they wound up cutting him after training camp, in large part because of attitude issues. So when you hear people talk about Ronnie Hillman and the possibility of him coming back, I would really, really stress that you have to remember what the issues were in training camp, that if anyone who came out here... I mean, I remember, like, the first week of camp, Ronnie flat out, maybe maybe like the second day or first day, Ronnie flat out quitting in the middle of a drill because he said his back hurt. He just, he carried himself like he was some kind of a staunch, inserted veteran, when in reality, everybody in the building knew that he was fighting for a job, except for him, apparently. And by the time he figured out he was fighting for a job, it was too late. One of the deciding factors between him and Capri uh, was the special teams ability. Ronnie had never been a special teams player for the Broncos, and they asked him to be late because Capri was. And Capri made the team in large part because of his willingness to, to go on that third unit. And Ronnie did it in camp and a little bit in the preseason, but was just never a willing participant never seemed to really give it the effort or enthusiasm that other guys did, and I think coaches noticed those things. And I think these coaches noticed those things. I think it's really highly unlikely for that and a plethora of other reasons, uh, including, you know, just the lack of production he's had on the field. Guys don't get third chances in the NFL. They really don't. They don't get third opportunities to come back and prove themselves. Very rarely does it happen. And especially with a guy who's proven that he doesn't have much of a track record. I mean, Ronnie came into the league so young and just never developed into the player that the Broncos had hoped he would be when they drafted him in the third round of the 2012 draft. But Ronnie has a lot of talent. We'll see. I mean, it'll be an ongoing conversation. But because of the attitude issues, because of the lack of production, because of, really, I I don't think this coaching staff would use him the right way. Put me down as a big fat no on Ronnie Hillman returning to the Broncos. But look, that's not the only issue that this Broncos team has. And and some other things that were talked about today, the big story, uh, the kind of the national press has been talking about involving the Broncos over the weekend, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo, after ceding his job in Dallas uh, for what looks like the, the time being to Dak Prescott, the very impressive rookie, who, by the way, the Broncos were very high on. Had had the Broncos not been able to get Paxton Lynch at the end of the first round, they would have drafted 
Uh, Dak Prescott, I'm told, probably in the third round would have been their target round for him, and they would have been able to get him. Um, Dak had... I mean, we can talk about why Dak wound up being a fourth-rounder all day long. He had off-field issues. There were questions about his aptitude. There were questions about the scheme he was in and whether he's going to be able to adjust to the league. And we can talk about why he's been successful, too, but that's for a Dallas Cowboys podcast. In relation to the Broncos, uh, Tony Romo who had been the Cowboys' starting quarterback over the weekend, indicated to some folks that he would be interested in coming to Denver should the Cowboys decide to trade him in the offseason. Quite frankly, I I don't know how likely it is that the Cowboys would trade him. I I think they may want to renegotiate with him. He may may decline that. But, I mean, how, how plausible is it for a guy like Tony Romo on the back end of his career to come to Denver, play behind a really bad patchwork offensive line. I mean, good God, with the back injuries Tony has had in recent years, the guy will be lucky if he can survive a season. Hell, not even a season, if he can survive two games before he gets injured. I just I feel like it would be a bad move for the Broncos. And the one thing that the Broncos have to figure out at quarterback you know, we've talked on this show over and over again about my feelings about Trevor Simeon, how I feel he's a pretty inadequate quarterback, but he's working within the system, and he's their guy. The one thing I would worry about if the Broncos were to try and make a move on Tony Romo, and I do expect them, by the way, to inquire. I expect them to make that phone call. You'd be silly not to make the phone call and see what the Cowboys would be interested in in, in during the offseason. But if the asking price for me is more than like a fifth or sixth round pick, then I'm not interested. I mean, I, I'm just not. For a quarterback that age, you don't you don't want to become the team that just keeps picking up the has-been quarterbacks. And that's not to say that Peyton Manning was a has-been. In fact, the exact opposite. But let's be very, very clear about something. Peyton Manning is not Tony Romo, and Tony Romo is definitely not Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-hundred-year kind of free agent pickup, a guy that comes in and transforms an entire organization from day one, a guy who makes a team a legitimate Super Bowl contender from the second he walks in the building. Tony Romo doesn't carry that kind of panache. Tony Romo has not been good in years. He's been hurt. He's been on the sideline. He's been ineffective when he has played. I really think Tony is probably at the end of his career, and bringing him here in Denver would only prove to be more disruptive for a quarterback situation that's already pretty fluid as it is with some issues, the issues that do exist with Trevor Simeon, and the ever-looming question of when uh, rookie first-round draft pick Paxton Lynch will get the opportunity to play. I don't know the answer to that question. I think the Broncos don't know the answer to that question. And there may be, you know, a little bit of a power struggle that emerges because of that. Trevor Simeon, undoubtedly Gary Kubiak's guy, Paxton Lynch from all signs, uh, John Elway's guy. How will that work out? Um, will Kubiak's health play a factor in how that plays out? There, there are a lot of unanswered questions with this Broncos football team. But for right now, the focus for them, the focus for us, should be on these last six games on the Broncos, potentially making the playoffs, potentially winning the division yet again, and uh, making a run at defending their Lombardi Trophy. And that does start this weekend with the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll preview that game some more 
as the week goes on, like I mentioned earlier. But the one kind of emerging question in the immediate future for the Broncos is what in the heck they're going to do out at right tackle. Now, if you remember in the last game against the New Orleans Saints, right tackle Donald Stevenson, who the Broncos signed in the offseason for a pretty hefty contract, was benched uh, in favor of Ty Sambrilo, their uh, former second-round draft pick, in his second year uh, because of ineffectiveness. Stevenson just hadn't been playing well. I said, I think, at the beginning of this show when we started doing it, that I never understood the Stevenson signing. I didn't like the Stevenson signing. The guy was a career backup, a spot starter at best in Kansas City, and you all of a sudden pay him franchise right tackle money to come in and play that position, and it just it hasn't worked. He and Russell Okung, both of them, the two big-ticket signings for the Broncos in the offensive line, the two keys that were supposed to fix that unit for this team, really have have heard it in a lot of ways. Okung has had his moments, and Okung is certainly a leader in the locker room, which I think is beneficial, but his contract that is so favorable this year, next season that money number, that guaranteed money goes through the friggin' roof, and based on his play, it's going to be really hard for me, for, for the Broncos to look at that number that's about to uh, that's about to explode on them and for them not to seriously consider making a move with Okung we will see but the immediate question for Denver is Stevenson versus Sam Brilo. let me just say I am firmly in the Ty Sam Brilo camp uh, I've told the story before about going to, to Colorado State's pro day a couple of years ago and watching Ty work out with Colts coaches and and other offensive line coaches and scouts, and really being impressed with both his ability to control his body, his athleticism, his feet are friggin' amazing for a guy his size. I, I believe Ty Sambrilo can play in this league. I, I'm pretty convinced of it. And I think that the Broncos are too. The issue with Ty is that he just hasn't, had, he hasn't been healthy, and he hasn't had time to really establish himself and earn the reps that you need in order to, to play and, and to play successfully and to be the kind of player that the Broncos think he can be. Look, I think Ty, as he plays and as he grows, is going to continue to get better. Gary Kubiak talked about this Stevenson-Sambrilo potentially emerging controversy that the Broncos are dealing with on the podium today. I mean, he and Donald are both going to play. I kind of look at the situation, and basically we've told them whoever plays the best is going to, going to stay in there, you know, but... Uh, they're going to both play. we got to improve uh, up front, not just uh, at that spot. But we need more consistency at that spot. So we'll see what happens. But uh, right now we'll just work them all week. We'll make a decision to end the week. So I think it's going to be a, a tough question for the Broncos. Put me, though, firmly in that Ty Sambrilo camp. I think the kid can play. I think he'll be a good contributor for this team. And it wouldn't shock me to see the Broncos use all of their, uh, use potentially seven offensive linemen. Uh, in a regular rotation, including Stevenson, including Sam Brilo, including, you know, uh, Michael Schofield, Matt Paradis, Max Garcia. Um, the one guy we have not seen really at all this season is fifth-round pick Connor McGovern. That does not surprise me. I didn't like that pick when the Broncos made it. I thought he was a bad scheme fit, and I think that's proven to be true. McGovern's a, a weightlifting machine. That's not what you need in this system. You need a guy with quick feet and ability to, to get out on the edge and get to the second level. And I don't think McGovern's that guy. Really a questionable draft pick there among many that the Broncos have had in the last few years. But we'll see how things work out. Big game Sunday night football this Sunday night. 
6.30 p.m. Mountain Time here in Denver. Kansas City Chiefs coming to town after their their tough loss over the weekend. Chiefs need that win pretty badly. Depending on what happens in Monday Night Football tonight with the Raiders and the Texans, that, uh, that game could have big influences over the Broncos' standing as well. Denver fighting, scratching, clawing, trying to get back into the division uh, picture, back into that top seed. They control their destiny right now. That's the thing we have to remember with this Broncos team. If the Broncos can win out, they will be the number one seed in the AFC playoffs once again. And we all know how important that is if it does indeed come down to yet another showdown with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. You want that game, Broncos fan, to be in Denver, not in Foxborough. So that will do it for me on this edition of the Broncos Blitz for Monday, November the 21st. Come back tomorrow. We are going to have a very special edition. We'll get back to doing our weekly episode of Get to Know a Bronco with none other than the aforementioned Capri Bibbs. Capri gave me some great stuff today. I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. He hates McDonald's and he wants to slay demons. That's all you need to know about Capri Bibbs. My conversation with him for Get to Know a Bronco will air, uh, will publish tomorrow at 5280sportsnetwork.com. We will be back here Wednesday. Hopefully Ryan Green will join me then. We'll talk about everything we hear from out here at Dove Valley. We'll talk a little bit about any moves the Broncos make in the next 24 or 48 hours. And uh, we may also uh, talk a little bit of Kansas City Chiefs. We will certainly preview that game on Friday. We'll take a look around the league, see where things are at as well. So that'll be Wednesday. Thursday we'll be back out here again, even though it is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you and your families. Hope you enjoy the holiday, but we will uh, we'll keep plugging along at 5280 Sports Network and 5280sportsnetwork.com. For my partner, Ryan Green, you can follow him on Twitter at rgreen5280. I'm at Jake D. Marsing on Twitter, J-A-K-E, capital D, capital M-A-R-S-I-N-G, S as in Sam. As my dad always liked to say, at Jake D. Marsing, give me a follow as well. You can follow us on Twitter at 5280sportsnet. Also, be sure to search for us on Facebook and Instagram. We're going to get back to posting on Instagram pretty regularly Uh, I'll be out at Nuggets tomorrow night. Bulls coming into town. Lots and lots of good coverage, good stuff. Uh, No Bull, Just Buffs, the new Golden Pan podcast with Matt Smith and Sean Drotar on the Nuggets. Just Snakes Takes. You like Denver sports. We've got you covered over at 5280 Sports Network and 5280sportsnetwork.com. So give us a follow on all your social media platforms. And until I talk to you again uh, tomorrow with our Capri Bibbs Get to Know a Bronco episode, I'm Jake D. Marsing. And this is 5280 Sports Network.